mega level. Oh, mega level. No other being has ever had the might, nay, the nobility. Hey, how's it going? It's your boy, Jersh Manhunter. Make sure you check out our social medias, Instagram, Omega underscore level underscore podcast, and at Facebook, Omega Level Podcast. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can find us at Omega Level Podcast. Man, that's a lot of podcasts, but here we go. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, sure, that's a thing, and all of the other ones. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Omega Level I am Nick. Sitting right next to me is Fat Skinny Steven. Or, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, yeah, that okay. works. <laughs> Man, we have quite a bit to talk about this week. House of X and Powers of X are rolling on. Jonathan Hickman is doing wonders right now. As Steven was just telling me about, like, a certain Redditor who's in love with him. I, I don't <laughs> know his name. We're not going to promote him on this. I, oh, I, if anyone wants a good laugh, go to um, r slash the Hickman. But there's an underscore between the and Hickman. Is that his name? No, that's the subreddit. Okay, good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I don't think he would have that in his username. <laughs> that's his username? Yeah. The Hickman. <laughs> that's how much he hates him. Fuck that guy. I haven't even read his stuff and I already like... He cr- this okay. is a man that created his own echo chamber because he's just so angry. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure it's not you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he has yeah, sure. 15 subscribers. I'm sure 14 of them are just alternate accounts. Just burner accounts yeah. so we can <laughs> yell at people more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's always name-dropping people, too. He's like, how can you like this such-and-such? And And everyone's like, I don't know why you called me in, but uh, you seem sad. Wait, he tagged (laughs) people? He's like, dude, don't pull me into this. I don't (laughs) care about you. (laughs) That's awesome. So let's lead off the show, the top of the hour here. The hour? The hour. (laughs) Sony and Marvel have come to an agreement as nobody could have ever seen coming. And Spider-Man is back in the MCU. For two more movies. For two more movies. From what I've, I've heard like from people saying... Um, or I guess what I've read is that the original deal that was in place, right? So the deal that was in place previously was not done. Like there was still two things left on it, oh, but really? Marvel wanted to up what they were getting. So they asked for like 30%, I think. And I think maybe it was 20, maybe it was 25 originally. And then Sony said, no. So Marvel was like, fuck it, we want 50 then. And Sony was like, no again. And of then the walked profits? away. Yeah. Well, they wanted to split all of the cost 50% and take all the profits 50%. They originally offered 25, I believe. And the Sony said no to both of them. So then like the whole breakdown happened. And then they agreed to the original thing Marvel asked for was 25 to, I guess, keep the deal going. I don't know. I've heard people say this, but from my understanding, it's all just conjecture of how many movies were left on the deal. And nobody knew for certain. I was always under the impression that it was four or three solo Spideys. So there was going to be at least one more, but there was no more MCU movies on it. It was just the third Spider-Man solo film. So yeah, but that also could have been wrong profits, as well. I would have assumed that Marvel would have gotten a majority since they're the ones seeking money into making it. No, they're not. Sony funded the entire thing. Oh, really? Yeah, Marvel did. From I had originally thought that, that Marvel helped fund, but apparently they didn't fund at all. Sony funded everything. Marvel just did all the creative side. Oh. Which is how they even made money to begin with because Marvel did the creative side. <laughs> We've already seen Sony do that with Spider-Man, and it has not worked out well. Hey, they made the... Um the animated Spider-Man movie. Into the Spider-Verse is amazing. It's the best Spider-Man movie ever made. We'll oh, probably yeah. never top it. Yeah. The movie's brilliant. But as far as live action goes, they have five of them. And like Josh would fight me so hard on this if you were here. But out of five Spider-Man movies, they made two that were good. Only one that was great. That's an awful track record. Which ones are the ones that are good? One and two. And I think oh, two is so great. Are you talking about Sam Raimi? Yeah. And I think okay. two is great. I think one and two are good. Two is great. Three is awful. I think The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one with Andrew Garfield, was okay. I think he's great, but the movie is just all right. I still and the love second how one Spider-Verse made fun of themselves with the making fun of the third movie with him dancing on the street and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the movie is so bad. 
Oh, and yeah. Raimi almost made a fourth one. Um, <coughs> Spider-Man 2. Okay, it's been a long time since I've seen them. Two's yeah, Doc Ock. One was pretty good. Yeah, Doc, That's o- amazing. Doc Ock was incredible. Yeah, that was like, awesome. His performance was like fucking no, yeah. perfect. Alfred Molina crushed it. Um, Yeah, third one was an absolute like, dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. I liked Amazing Spider-Man 1. It was okay. But 2 was awful. What? Jimmy Fox was amazing as Electro. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. <laughs> he was awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, was, he was so bad. They oh my god they shoved so much in that movie. He and none the, of it was good. He may have been the worst villain performance I've ever seen in a comic book movie. Like he was that bad. Yeah, that's he was that's, awful. That's pretty good. He was awful, <laughs> and he was nothing like Electro should have been. I don't even know if I can necessarily blame him. Like it's probably the director's fault. I mean, the director made a because Jamie Fox isn't a bad one. actor. Not generally, but I don't think he's a particularly great actor either. I will say though, the Sam Raimi trilogy fooled me for a long time because it's before I read comics, and I generally thought that he just made webs from his body. You'd never read comics before these movies? No. What got me into comic books was uh, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I think Are I went and bought my first Batman comic right before The Dark Knight Rises started. I did not know this. I thought you'd like always been into comics, like me. I've like looked up Wikipedia entries. I thought you were like a purist, <laughs> not some bandwagon movie fucking converter. Man, that, you're off the wow. show now. You're off the show now. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I didn't I, know that. You have That's yes, cool. you're the you're the professional opinion. I'm just the generic audience opinion. <laughs> so you're wrong mostly. That's cool. <laughs> Remember that next time we talk about Ray. I'm half and half. Oh, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Mary Sue Steven. (laughs) I'm sorry that Rogue One is better. Don't even start. Don't start. Don't start with me right now, Steven. Well, I hate you. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. That's interesting. I didn't know that you got into them with uh, The Dark Knight. So, in 08. So, you've been into comics like, I mean, still 11 years. Quite a while. Well, yeah, there was a few year gap when you just stopped taking me to Epicos. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's because I couldn't afford to spend 100 to 150 bucks every week anymore. Oh, I know. And how I am, I it's really hard to walk into a comic shop and not be like, oh, I want that, 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 that. Like it's hard not to do. Yeah, that. I told myself when I went to Infinity Flux, I told Marion too, I was like, I'm gonna limit myself to three. And now you have what? I'm 15? currently pulling 12, <laughs> but like, oh, things in the future too is gonna be 27. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first started going to to Epicos, I went up there specifically. For, man, what was the original? I went up there specifically to start getting Walking Dead because I would I had been reading it and like I didn't own any of them. I was reading them all digitally and I was current. And I think it was around like issue one forty like one forty one or one forty two. Went up there to start getting those. And there was one other thing that had just come out that was only a was couple like issues Vader? in that I wanted to get, huh? Was it like Star Wars stuff was about to come out, or maybe that was also why I went. It was it was something like that. So I went with like five things in mind. And I left that day with like 12 things on my pull list. <laughs> like that day. It's usually how it goes. And then within like two months, I had like, four, like 30, 40 something titles. By the time I left there, pulling I had over 50 titles on my pull list. And I pulled doubles of everything Star Wars. Everything. And for a long time, everything Walking Dead was pulling doubles. When issue 150 came out, I got a triple of the original and doubles of every variant they had. Oh, my God. Yeah. I sold, <laughs> sold all that stuff. I don't think I did them anymore. I sold each variant copy and the, the 150 on its own for like 100 bucks twice. Which is pretty decent. I showed you that variant for um, X-Men 1, right? The ones with all those uh, Jean Greys, like all her different Yeah, materials. dude, I love that shit. That's probably going to be like the one in the only ones made in America. It costs like $2 million to get. Have you seen the Stanley Lau variant? Mm-mm. I'll pull that. It's uh, it's Miss Marvel. Or, sorry, I keep calling Miss Marvel. Marvel Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have seen that. And like the new her Marvel Girl attire. Her walking through the Kokoa portal? Yes. Yeah. She's like in the green with a little mm-hmm. stupid Marvel Girl mask. Looks yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the art looks cool, but I hate her design. Really? I hate the original Marvel Girl design. I think it's stupid. All so many X Men fans bitched so hard about X Men Red and Jean's new like attire. Have you seen that? It was the red and blue like 
weird, like, weird-ish, almost, like, football-looking gear. What? Look like she had, like, pads on the shit. I actually loved it. I thought it was incredible. You're going to have to show that to me. Right, I'll show you to you in a bit. So, most people hated it from what I gather, but I loved it. But even before then, like, I like her original attire. I like the animated series attire. But, man, this the Marvel girl dress with the stupid little gold face mask, I don't like it at all. Uh, they're bringing the X-Men original series or the animated series to Disney+. Plus. Oh, I know. I'm going to rewatch that again for okay. the 30th time. <laughs> for the 50th. I think... 30th. Yet again, yeah. I stopped watching it when it was out because... I missed it. I missed an episode, and I'm usually like one of those persons. I try to catch a rerun, and, and I never did. So I just say rerun, <laughs> rerun, rerun, <laughs> rewind. No, you should definitely check it out. It's the best adaptation in motion we've ever gotten of X Men. Uh, it's better than any of the movies. That's one of my favorite '90s lines of all time. Where like maybe not better than Logan. Where Wolverine but still. cuts the top off of this car. He's like, "Tell Cyclops I made him a convertible." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Logan is awesome in that. That's the best depiction in motion we have of Rogue. Gambit's depiction is perfect. I mean, has it. there ever been a really bad portrayal of Logan? Yeah. What? Hugh Jackman. <laughs> 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 well, Naomi only have like two portrayals: the com- the the cartoon, which was um, which was awesome, and then Hugh Jackman, who was also awesome. He was in a couple bad movies, but he was always good. I like the fact that he can outduel someone like Silver Samurai. That's yeah, what he fucking does. His fight with Logan. Logan Wolverine fucking wins. Yeah, because he's Logan. Because bro. he's just everybody's. F- <coughs> Sorry, everybody's Man. favorite. You got so hyped you started coughing there. That's crazy. <coughs> yeah, he's, I mean, I, w- I think he's probably the second most recognizable Marvel character, period, after Spider-Man. Everybody knows who Wolverine is. Even if, like, you're not familiar with the X-Men, you see Wolverine, like, oh, no, that guy. Especially even more so now after the Hugh Jackman stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, he's so recognizable. I saw him in, like, uh, Africa around these kids, and someone just, like, did the whole claw thing. He's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm that guy. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. He also probably has like the most well-known um, onomatopoeia from comics. What? Snicked. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. So, yeah, back on track. Spidey's back in the MCU with only two movies. It's Spider-Man 3 and one MCU appearance. Which is raw, uh, where he'll probably go into the Spider-Verse. Yep, Everyone that, keeps thinking So, that. I was about to say, it's because Kevin Feige kind of breadcrumbed it in the fucking announcement that the deal's done. He said that Spider-Man is a unique character and that he is the only hero to exist in two movie universes simultaneously, the MCU and the Sony universe. They essentially confirmed in the press release that Sony will be making Spider-Man content as well with Tom Holland with this Spider-Man while he's in the MCU. I'm going to go ahead and assume that we get the third Spider-Man to wrap up his solo story in the MCU, and then the one movie that he's going to have in in the MCU is going to be either a Doctor Strange or a Captain Marvel movie that is somehow going to transport him to another reality, which will be the Sony universe without killing him off. He will leave somehow and everyone knows that he left. So it's not like, oh, he's just gone. You know what I mean? To go do the Sony universe. That's what I expect to happen, which sucks because Tom Holland is like 12 and he can play. He can play this role for another 50 years. Like realistically, okay. <laughs> realistically, he could be Spider-Man for another 15 to 20 years. Right. The kids only like what? early 20s. I mean, yeah, I guess if they actually do go into, like, the adult Peter Parker. Yeah, Parker. he could be another 15, 20 years of Spider-Man, and it sucks that we're going to get two more MCU versions. I don't versions. know if he could do 15 years, man. Bro, the kid's young. He'd be noticeably aging. Yeah, you could do older Spider-Man. You just age the character with him as it goes and age the stories. It's not hard. You don't have to fucking reboot everything. Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for, like, 20 years. Have you... We're talking about comic books. They reboot everything two, every two years. Yeah, but they don't have to. <laughs> That's true. And more like every month. They don't have to in the, in the movie universe, especially not with Tom Holland. If it stays profitable, like, man, I don't know. 
don't know, man. I think Andrew Garfield was better. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't think that. <laughs> he's way too much of a pretty boy. Andrew Garfield was very good, but he was a 40-year-old in high school. It was really, like, jarring. What? He's not looking he's, he's over 30. He's over 30 years old, and when he did The Amazing Spider-Man, he did not look like he should have been in high school. Like, not what? even close. Okay, I know this is, like, getting wildly off topic, but uh, High School Musical had, like, a fucking 35-year-old girl <laughs> playing a high schooler. I'm sure, man. Yeah, I'm sure. They're never accurate like that, because if it is, it's, like... It's weird to no, watch. I'm pretty it. sure Hannah Montana's brother in that show was like fucking 38 as well. Playing <laughs> like, like a I'm a senior. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah you senior are a senior. Citizen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you think when he goes to the Sony verse, it will be like an actual Spider Verse with like Spider Gwen and like Spider Man Noir and stuff, or just more solo films? I don't think so. I hope so. But I think they're going to keep a lot of that stuff in the, um, animated. In the animated universe to have its own little, its own identity, which sucks that Spider-Gwen is there. I love Spider-Gwen and that Miguel, 2099, is also there. It's like, man, I want to see them on screen and as well as Miles Morales, you know, like, it's kind of lame. But if Sony really is trying to expand their Spider-Verse and do movies, they can't just have like seven movies about villains and like one Spider-Man movie. True. Because they're making like a Morbius movie. They've got the Venom movie. Oh, yeah, they can't just keep doing villain movies. Spider-Man's got to have the forefront, right? And Tom Holland can't be in, like, everything. It's not physically possible. So they will have to introduce other Spider-Men at some point. And Miles is already familiar with the... Like, the audience is already familiar with him now from the end of the Spider-Verse. Miles exists in the same universe and continuity as Peter Parker. So he's an easy one to bring into live action. And I'd love to see that. Spider-Man is easily, like, Marvel's version of Batman because he has, like, 30 fucking series going on. Yeah, dude, at all times. Yeah, and, and there's a whole like Spider multiverse. And I'm not even exaggerating. No, you're not. You're <laughs> like when not. I looked up like the total like Batman universe comics, there's legitimately like thirty. Yeah. Uh, do you hear that? Um, I think he's he got Catwoman pregnant, so he's having another kid. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's what we need. More Bat family members because <laughs> right? it's already not like large enough. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna complain too much. But I, I love Batman. I love the Bat family. It's easily my favorite universe in DC. It's I did until universe. I found out how many people are in it. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. Yeah, it's that family's nuts. Lucius Fox has like, kid. How are you keeping your secret? Lucius Fox has a son, Batwing. He's in the Batman. He's family. becoming Batman. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks. Is that is that confirmed yet? That it will be him? It's not confirmed, but everybody just knows. Yeah, I well, mean, no, I, it's pretty much confirmed because they said that Batman will become black. Yeah, they're yeah they're gonna have like a black Batman, which like I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with that as long as it like is a character that makes sense for it. I'm a new creation. I just wish they would give Tim Drake the mantle for a little bit. Eh. I feel like everyone's just forgotten Tim, about him. Tim Drake can't have the mantle, bro. After being Red Hood for so long, it can't happen. That's Jason Todd. Oh, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Wow, you're right. Yeah, Tim Drake is... Oh, no. Tim Drake is a new name now. Did you not hear about that? It's Red Robin. No, it's well, Drake. Come on now. So in the Teen <laughs> Titans or Titans, one of the two, comic that's going right now, they were in some dark multiverse, and there was a dark multiverse version of all of them. And like I didn't read this series, so I don't know if they were battling him or what was going on. But the Tim Drake in that multiverse called himself Drake, and people the were people were kind of like, "That's kind of stupid." And he's like, "Well, uh, the Drake is like the most aggressive bird there is, apparently." He's like, "And it's my name," and it immediately tells people who I am and what I'm about. And so Tim Drake, the good one, had heard that, and he like apparently kind of didn't like it at first. But when they went back to their multi, like to his universe, he was telling people about it. And then I guess they could kind of see that he kind of liked it because he wouldn't stop talking about it. So they just started calling him Drake. So that's his name now. It's just Drake. He's not Red Robin. He's not Robin. He's not Tim Drake. Drake is his superhero name, <sighs> which is kind of dumb. It would be okay if his, if his name wasn't like Tim Drake. Than Red Robin, because I thought I mean, Red, Red Robin, Robin was stupid. pretty stupid. The design is awesome. I love the design of Red yeah. Robin, but the name is dumb. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know what. For some reason, I thought you meant fucking 
Red Hood is Batman. I was like, the fundamentally completely opposing ideals of how to go out Superman. Can't be Batman. But Drake could be, I guess. Yeah. I mean, fucking Nightwing got to do it, so. Yeah, and Asriel and motherfucking Jim Gordon. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Grayson's Batman was pretty cool, though. Everyone's been Batman at some point. Yeah. Except for Tim Drake. Because I know uh, in Deceased, since Batman got infected, Oh, God. You still reading that? Damian Wayne. Yeah, I'm yeah. reading it. Damian Wayne is taking up the mantle. Why, yeah, why can't he be Batman, dude? Damian's awesome. He isn't deceased. He never complains about anything. He's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think people would notice that Batman shrunk like four feet. Right, and then constantly whined. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to you, Damian. Sorry to you, uh, Damian Wayne fans out there. I don't dislike All the character, six of you. but he does get on my nerves at times. Like they use him. As, I like him better than Jason Todd. They use him as a way just to complain, dude. Not me. Jason Todd's all, well. I mean, Jason Todd now is awesome. Jason, Todd, my, my I love only Red complaint Hood. with Jason Todd is like, how the hell is Batman tolerant of him just going out and killing people? Because Batman feels like it's. I mean, it not feels like Batman knows it's his fault that he's that way. How? Because he couldn't <laughs> save him. So Batman oh, feels like it's his the fault. The one time he failed in like all 500 crimes he stopped. The one time he failed, he died. Well, you know what? Jason Todd was murdered by the Joker because of his association with Batman, and Batman could not help him. Shit it, happens, he failed. man. No, it's not his fault. It's the fans' fault. They voted for him to <laughs> That's die. That's very true. The fans <laughs> did vote. It's categorically the fans' fault. Hardly needs to pop in and be like, hey, well, you're in a comic. It's the fans' fault. Stop being so sad, Bats, yeah. and then pop back out. And she's like the only person that could do that in their universe. Right. Except like Lobo. I think he breaks the fourth wall. Going back to Spider-Man. So, yeah, two um, movies. That's definitely what's going to happen is I, I, be- I fully believe it's going to be him going into another universe. Okay. I heard that they're making a Spider-Ham TV series on the Disney Plus app. They're definitely not. They can't do that. Why? They don't own the rights. You sure about that? Sony owns the fucking rights to Spider-Man content. All of it? There is some small cavat that Disney can make something that's TV related. I don't remember if it's animated or if it's live action, but it has to be a certain length or it can't be longer than a certain length. But they also, it still limits them on the bunch of characters they can use. Well, other than that, I think they're also creating like a 2099 series. I That's definitely not possible. Not just Spider-Man 2099. I think just like all sorts of Marvel characters. You, like you watch that comics explain thing? Is that why you're saying this? I didn't watch it. I've just heard it. No. Well, it's conjecture from... I watched the video. It's conjecture from the guy from Comics Explained. Like, there is no proof or rooted in reality. It just seems to make sense with how they're setting things up, and they they could be moving in that direction, but there is no proof whatsoever right now. I think it's a cool idea. I'd be Uh, all about that. But it'd be weird to have a 2099 universe and not have Miguel in it, who's like the face of the 2099 universe. I think it's Punisher 2099. That's the face. It's definitely Spider Man 2099. <laughs> I've heard Punisher 2099. I'm like, how the fuck is he still like kicking it? Dude, Frank Castle doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, he's just the man that's so angry that he just refuses to die. Yeah. He's like, no, there's still bad. There's still die. people left to kill. Uh, I saw Daredevil like 2099. I hated that outfit. That looks stupid as hell, in my opinion. Doom 2099 looks cool. He looks almost the exact same. I mean, his just so iconic. Yeah. What would you change? He has the ev- best. He I'd has the everything. best armor there is, anyway. I'd change everything about him. I'd okay. make Franklin Doom because he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Do you know anything about Doom? Apparently, torturing kids. Uh, no, but I uh, actually I don't know if I could see that. I've also heard that apparently he raped somebody. Man, that's weird. Doom is like the way that I see Doom, and the way that I've seen him. Drawn in like, uh, not drawn necessarily, but uh, used in the comics, right? Doom is just uh, one step over, basically, the line of villainy, right? 
if Doom He's chaotic good. If Doom wasn't so egotistical, he would be a superhero. Yeah. That's like the only thing that stops him. Like he does a lot of good. He holds Latveria together. True, he rules it in like a dictatorship fashion, but he holds an entire nation together and supports it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. eh, and they don't necessarily have terrible li- like they don't have terrible lives living in Latveria. I'm know? pretty sure they love him. It's not like communist China. Like it's it's not awful. I'm sure it's not the best. You know what I mean? <laughs> But Doom has also done tons of things to help out, to, like, help save the world and the universe multiple fucking times because if everything just gets destroyed, he can't rule Earth like he wants. Like, if he wasn't so egotistical, he would be a hero. It's the same kind of thing as, like, uh, fuck, man, who was it? Oh, it just had in my head. They're, like, one step away from actually being a hero. Lex Luthor. If he didn't hate Superman, he'd be a superhero. He'd be a good guy. That's, like, all that keeps him on that side. It's, like, he just can't trust Superman and he hates him. Because he hates the fact that people just rely on him. He wants He's people rooted, to be more like it's rooted in independent. Jealousy. And it's rooted in jealousy and ego. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. If he could just get over that, he would be a superhero. I, I've always seen Doom kind of the same way, even though he's done some truly barbaric things. Because like, you got to push the limits. And like when he's a villain, you got to come fully villainize him. Like They've done the same thing to Magneto. If Magneto wasn't so hateful, he would be a hero. Are you going to want to cover the Doom series that's coming out next week? Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Okay. I like Doom. Especially if he's going to be killing kids. Let's do it. (laughs) 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 All right, so let's move on. Spidey's in the MCU. We're happy about that. I I was about 90% sure it was going to happen regardless anyway. Like, they're going to come to a a deal here. It's not going to get... He's not going to stay out. They got too much to finish. So this uh, the Joker movie is coming out, I believe, this week. And it's going to be the end of days. And there's a huge controversy. Kind of huge. I don't even know if it's huge, man. But there's controversy about it in... I wouldn't say it's unfounded because I kind of do understand where they're coming from, but I also think that a lot of people that are coming from this direction, I get the sense that they don't read comics, <coughs> nor, like, none of them have seen the movie either. So a lot of the controversy I'm hearing is people are concerned that it is maybe not the best idea in today's climate, in this day and age, with, like, all the crazy shit that's going on, to put out a movie like The Joker that glorifies a character like that and follows him as our hero. I wouldn't right? even say it glorifies it. It's more like they sympathize with him. Sympathizing is this, it's the same thing. It's just as bad. So, like, no, hold on, let's hear me out here. So, and I say he, make him a hero. He's not necessarily a hero, right? So even if he's a bad person in the film, He's the character we follow, so he is, by default, the protagonist. He's the character we're supposed to empathize and sympathize with, even if he's an evil piece of shit the whole time. We're still supposed to have a feeling towards him. Otherwise, no one's going to be able to watch the movie if it's just cold, right? Like, no one's going to care. There has to be something that you can connect with with the central character, and he's the central character. Why do you think there are so many people? There's so many people, like, yeah, it's a joke, but there's so many people that are like, Thanos was right. Because he was the central character of Infinity War, and they made him sympathetic in a way that was like you almost kind of saw his side. That was mostly a meme, I think. Dude, maybe, but I've seen it so much. And like, I myself can watch that movie and can kind of see where Thanos is coming from. I don't agree with the methods, but I understand There's the rationale. There's so many villains like that, though. Yeah, but if the, the Joker is not that kind of villain, though. He's not some ultra hyper-thinking person who may be altruistic in the end. He's a fucking psychopath who's a murderer, a, a murderer, murders children, rapes people. He's an awful, Who the awful hell character. Is he raped? He rapes Barbara fucking Gordon. Okay, that was, that was like not explicitly stated. It's like somewhat hinted the at. The only reason it's not stated is because they probably were not allowed to actually say it by the comics code, but he 100% did I don't did see it. the Joker ever being motivated by sex whatsoever. He's not motivated by sex, but he knows it's going to get to Gordon, which in turn will get to Batman. And that was his entire intention. Well, yeah, I could he see will do that, anything to torture Batman. I've always Batman. disagreed with that. He murdered 
Jason Todd. Tortured and murdered Jason Todd to get a Batman. He had no qualms with Jason Todd. You think a guy that does that has any qualms about rape? You think he even sees rape as rape? He doesn't. It's just another act, another means. He doesn't care. I don't know. So take a character like that and put him in the spotlight and then potentially, granted, no one has seen the fucking movie, so no one can say if this is right. And to possibly empathize or ask the audience to sympathize with someone like that, I don't know. I don't have that. I think that, people are just really overreacting. I'm not jumping the gun. I don't have that viewpoint. I understand that side of it. However, I think in the end, the movie's going to be a character study, right? So, like, it's lo- it's so much of the movie seems to be influenced by Taxi Driver and by The King of Comedy. I watched both those movies, and at no point did I sympathize or empathize with those two awful people. They were character studies, and it was just how someone can be taken to the brink, which is what it's going to be with Joker. It's, people have to remember, too, this is a different story, right? This is not rooted in the comics or any of the movies, so his past is not going to be the same. He is becoming the Joker, so it's possible he hasn't done anything really bad in the movie yet. Like, in his life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He hasn't become a terrible person. Like, he might be unhinged and just waiting for something to push him over the edge, but he hasn't done anything yet. And you got to look at it through that lens, I think. I, I don't know. To me, and Joaquin Phoenix even spoke about it, and he was like, essentially, like, I think people are smart enough to know right from wrong. No shit. Obviously, not everybody is, but people are going out to watch this fucking movie. You should be able to discern that. I think more than anything, it's just people associating it still with the Aurora shooting and how that guy yeah, was supposedly... Apparently said he was the Joker or something. Yeah, I which don't I don't know. I think people might have exaggerated that. I think it's possible. Even if it's not the case, like that's just one thing. And by people putting out their fear, I mean just one thing. Like your brochure was an awful event. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like. But yeah, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's not like every month people are going out dressed up like Joker and trying to people kill people. People think there's going to be like fucking widespread violence because of this movie. But I by, by, by putting it. out like your fear, you're like motivating people to potentially do that. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. That's very true. Um, I've heard people trying to say like. If you're going to see the movie, don't do it with, like, a couple or something, because it might... I don't know. People, I hate the fact that people are trying to fucking, like, make the Joker, like, a mascot for, like, the incel movement. Yeah, I do hate that, too. And that is what a lot of, like, the uh, the complaints or worries I see about it is. Like, you're giving incels a platform and a voice. Like, no, I mean, not really. You are. Yeah, exactly. Because you have just put him on top of that, right? You're borderline validating them. Exactly. Like... Because they, again, it's because they think we're going to watch this movie about this, this deranged psychopath and we're going to be asked to empathize with them and see their point of view. I don't necessarily think the movie, I don't think the movie's going to be like that. No. I don't think it's going to be about. I think it's going to be a character study of what drives a person over the edge. I think that's what it's going to be. Like, and we, and we've had a billion was. movies like that already. Mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, The King of Comedy, the two movies that inspired this so heavily are the exact thing. It's just with a character that people are familiar with now. It's someone yeah, exactly. everybody knows, the Joker. And it's like, oh, no, what? We can't have sympathy for the Joker. We can't do that. We live in a society. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Because that fucking meme that everyone associates with Joker as well. What? It's just like, the, that's the bottom text of it. Like, we live in a society where, like, you know, they're trying to act like they're victimized by, like, the majority of people. No. I mean. It's just. <laughs> the only people, sh- the only people that idolize Joker are fucking edgelord teenagers for the most part anyway. Why are you insulting me right now? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love the Joker as a character because of the concept and ideal of the Joker, right? It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Exactly. But it's a great foil for Batman. And it's an awesome foil for a character like Batman who's not even entirely a good person. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's the, the Joker is so bad that it makes Batman look like he's the shining beacon of light. And it's like, Batman's pretty messed up, y'all. He's not exactly the best person, and he is terrible at training and raising people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He has a pretty damn good following. And I don't... Uh, 
fundamentally, that does not make any sense. Like, how do they look at this guy and be like, he's fucked up. Help me out, bro. <laughs> you can't even help yourself. Help me out. Because they're also orphans. I mean, yeah, true. But then he like, I don't know, man. They get raised and they turn out worse. Yeah. A lot of times. For the most part. But like that's the dichotomy terrible. of Batman and Joker that makes Joker so great. Joker as, as a standalone character, like by himself on his own adventures, like I've never been that into it. He needs no, that foil you? for me to really enjoy it. And as well as like me personally, because I'm such a huge Harley fan, I hate that aspect completely. I do not like anything that has to do with fucking Harley and the Joker being a combo. I hate it. Always have. Even like when that's all we had, I still hated that, but I was still enamored by the character. I hope Harley. people won't think that like I hope people understand what I'm saying. I actually like the relationship because it shows like how bad that relationship can be. True, yeah, it shows and the I've full also, extent like, of an abusive relationship. I love Harley as a character too, but I've never understood how she can still go out and be on her own and still wear that outfit and everything and not be associated well, with she him. doesn't though. What are you just doing? what? She's always like still pale and like has the red lipstick and like dyed hair and everything. Yeah, yeah and I mean Okay, so what's kind of annoying is when they use her in like Continuity, right? Because her solo series is apparent. It's not in the current continuity. It's not in canon. She's in her own continuity. Okay. So when they use her in like other stuff, like Tom King is a fucking idiot. But when he brought her into like Crisis and shit, and she still looked like Harley from like '93, why? What's going on here? The character is so far different, like past that and different now. Why is she dressing the same? And a lot of shit like Suicide Squad, which is continuity, she does not dress like that. She wears like fucking shorts, sometimes jean shorts, or like. Tight, like tights, not tight on your body, which I mean they are, but like tights, shorts with like a top. She doesn't wear the singlet and the unitard at all anymore. She doesn't wear the ha- the hat anymore at all. I wasn't so really talking different. about like the unitard or like outfit. I was talking about like the, her aesthetic, like her skin still being pale and like still looking like a clown. Well, from like the from the fucking continuity of it, man. Like, like she's been dyed too. She like can't she change went it. Into the toxin, yeah. Or like she can't change it. When the hell did that happen? I could not tell you for for certain, and I don't know if it's like that in every continuity. It's always thought it was body paint. There will be a lot of times that you see someone draw Harley out of like character, and she's like tan. Okay. But then there's other times you'll see someone draw Harley out of like out of costume and character, like getting out of the shower, and she's stark white. So it's like kind of up to the artist whether they want to like obey that continuity or not, which is kind of dumb. They all need to do the same thing because it gets confusing. I don't know. I still like her being with him sometimes, but just because like it still shows like. Uh, it makes him even more sinister. It does, but it ma- and it makes her even weaker. It makes her such a weak-willed character, especially I've now that we've seen that she contains. But the why is that to be like a bad enough. characterization? It's not promoting it or glorifying it. It kind of is. It kind. It, 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 it certainly was. I guess in the for beginning. certain people, yeah, but I've never thought of it like that. It certainly did in the beginning of the relationship. Like I, I think Paul Dini is a great writer. I think he's a fucking genius, but I think he went about that entirely the wrong way. That's the guy that created Harley. He worked. He was like the head person on the Batman animated series. I don't know. All it does for me is, is if anyone says that they idolize like the Joker and Harley, you got like, problems. Cl- cl- yeah, exactly. You got problems. I immediately like, just couple goals. No, bro. Yeah, not couple goals. It allows me to just completely just um, I don't know sh- ignore their opinions on yeah. anything. It's immediately like, okay, well, you have the skewed view. I'm not so sure we're gonna agree. All right, you I need to be on a watch list. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk anymore. But yeah, I don't know. With the whole Joker thing, man, I don't think it's I don't I really don't think it's gonna be what people are all up in arms about. I don't think that's what the movie is. No, people are definitely blowing it out of proportion. I think it's mostly just I don't know, a bunch of Karen's. <laughs> I, <laughs> a bunch of Karen's. I, I just can't believe that that director and that actor would get together and make that fucking movie. Like willingly willfully be I like also think it's this is a great idea, let's glorify pathetic this. That in this fucking day and age someone had actually had to put out a statement like this isn't promoting violence. I'm like, well no fucking doubt. It's a goddamn movie. <laughs> 
Does it promoting violence? Yeah, we, I mean, it's annoying that they have to come out and be like, we don't want you to kill people. That's not why we made it. Oh, thanks. Let me put away my AR-15 now. <laughs> your automatic, your assault rifle. <laughs> it's not even what AR stands for. People are so stupid. Not that I'm like all gun person, but like, man, learn basic facts. That's all you have to do. Basic fucking facts. What does AR stand for then? It stands for the name of the company that makes it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I'm not never positive. I could be, like I just said, I'm not like ultra gun person, but it absolutely does not stand for assault rifle. People are fucking dumb. Oh, no. If Call of Duty that's taught the, me anything. That's the awful media. <laughs> that's the awful, not the awful people in media that don't do research and just want shock headlines. Oh, yeah, because they just want to rush out yeah. the. Assault oh, rifle 15. Why is it 15? Now the, the title literally like, it's makes even less version. sense. Yeah, it's like it makes even less sense now. Like, it's not what it means. People are stupid. And it's also not, it's not by the classification. It's not an assault rifle. It can't be classified as that. That's how it's able to be sold to regular people. Legally. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because it's not Duh. an assault classification. Assault rifles. <gasps> assault weapons are fucking illegal. And they have been for like 30 years. They're illegal. You can't have them. How dumb are people? Simple Besides, research. If someone really wanted one, they can obviously just make their own. I've seen plenty of people do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like... Dude, it's it's, it's kind of scary how easy it is. It's the same thing with any, with almost anything, dude. Just because there's a law about it doesn't fucking mean it gets followed. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. You can outlaw anything you want. It's, it's just a happen. way for them to actually punish someone more. True. Very true. And, like, it, it does curb things and make things less likely to happen because now there's full consequences behind yeah, it. Exactly. But if someone's going to pick up a gun and go murder people, their mind is already set that th- their life is over. Yeah. Nothing's changing that. I hate how, like, there's been members of my family. Like, no laws changing that. Guns shouldn't be outlawed. I'm like, dude. Like, I don't well, think Someone outlawed. just took a knife. I'm like, I guarantee you that that person that shot, like, 50 people in Las, Las Vegas from that rooftop would not be able to do that with a knife. <laughs> He's up there in the roof throwing at people. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that they should be outlawed at all. Like, I don't think it should be illegal for, for um, civilians to have guns. The reason that we are allowed to have them is to fight an oppressive government. The moment we don't have them, we no longer can do that. You know, the first thing that every oppression regime does is demilitarize and de-weaponize the population. Yes. It's the first thing they do. I've Allowing the government that to do that well. is an awful step. You what? I say I've had that opinion for a while as well. Like yeah. The only reason I, I would have one is oppressive government. Exactly. The moment you let the government do that, that's an awful, awful president and a first step towards that. That's terrible. I think the gun laws and regulations, like uh, even though I just said like they ultimately kind of don't matter, need to be about a million times stricter than they are. Let's it be real. Should though. not be easy. The I, only reason why I people should not are be allowed, allowed to go to Walmart and buy a shotgun is because in colonial times everyone lived fifty fucking miles apart. Right. Yeah. And had to fucking protect their land. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Protect their and land. Besides, and protect the government. Nobody the saw government. that you would have a gun that could fire six hundred rounds in like a matter <laughs> of minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, but normal people don't have that. No. Everyday people can't have that. Like, it, again, that's illegal. It's still somewhat surprisingly easy to obtain, though. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Sh- that's, some, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It should be very hard. I saw a video the other day of someone trying to fucking, like, practice their, um, or, you know, right to carry. Mm-hmm. God damn. I'm surprised this dude didn't get shot. So he had, like, a ski mask. He had, like, fucking, like, vest on and stuff. And he had, like, an assault rifle just strapped to his chest and walked into the police station. And immediately, like, five cops were like, get on the ground. He's yeah, like, how dumb are you? Rights. I'm like, dude. You You're were wearing a, like a fucking hat. terrorist. I'm practicing my rights. I guess he's too stupid to know all of his rights. You are allowed know to carry stuff like sense. that. But my God, like, just know that you're going to have the cops called on you within a matter of minutes because people are going to think that you're going to kill somebody. What's asinine to me, mostly, the most asinine part about that is I, his statement of, I'm just exercising my rights. So are the cops in that exact moment when they are <laughs> suspicious of you. 
mm-hmm. because you are concealing your identity. That's immediate suspicion, and now they can interrogate you. They can do what they need to do. So they're also exercising their rights. And if they were to have shot you, they were exercising their rights because you are threatening. And how would you not just expect that? Yeah, Why how, would you want you to that risk dumb? that? How can you be that dumb? Dude, it's those kind of people. Oh, the reason people are like outlaw guns. Yes. <laughs> because of those kind of morons. I'd be fucking scared if I saw someone doing that. Dude, if, if I'm in Walmart and someone walks with a ski mask. I'm running a, the opposite with way. With an AR on his back. I'm like, yo, it's time to get out of here, bro. <laughs> I knew it was the wrong day to come. Yeah, bro. <laughs> this is why I don't go to Walmart. My God, dude. It's, in, it's insane. All right, so let's move on from that. Let's get a little lighthearted here and talk about Between Two Ferns. So Zach Gallica. What is his name? <laughs> Zach Galifianakis has this uh, web series on Fun or Die called Between Two Firms, where he uh, he interviews celebrities, and it's always extremely uncomfortable and awkward. And they're all really short; they're just several minute long clips. Is all they are, and it's just him being uncomfortable and awkward essentially until they leave or they get in a fight. <laughs> like that's that's all it is. Like the his character has like zero self awareness, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Really, he, he's a moron. He says zero self-awareness, but he seems to intentionally be rude. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I think it's evolved into that. But in the beginning, he definitely, to me, seemed like he had no self-awareness. Like, he's just an idiot. Yeah. He, he seems to not enjoy himself when he, he interviews He's them. an antagonistic idiot at that. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided it was a good idea to make a movie out of this and give a full fucking plot to it <laughs> on Netflix. And I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, it's Between Two Ferns movie. And I was caught up in it. I was like, this is going to be so great. And it didn't dawn on me until about 10 minutes in the movie and, like when I was watching until I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is not great. This is a bad idea. We have pretty different views on this, apparently. I This is like, I think, the first time we talked about a movie where I, I'm utterly going to be like, I fucking hated it. I hated this movie. It was like a one or two out of ten to What me. about when it we was talked garbage. about um, the ballad of... Um, Ricky Bobby? No, not Ricky. <laughs> 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 the fucking Western movie. Oh, the Cone movies? I didn't hate that movie. I liked it. It wasn't like am- the first three sketches. But it wasn't like, like amazing and like... Most damn it, what was the title of that? The Bout of Buster Scruggs. Buster Scruggs. Yes. Yeah, like three of those sketches were really good, and the other three were like not really that interesting. I'd probably give like a six out of ten, maybe a seven, but like okay, it wasn't this awful. One you actually just this hated. was fucking terrible, dude. Like I hated it. I legitimately fell asleep with 20 minutes left and had to rewatch the last 20 minutes today, and I watched it like a week ago. I will say for the first 15 minutes of this, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I thought about just watching the interviews. Which would amount awesome. to a total of about 30 minutes, maybe. If that. Yeah. The interviews are awesome. Like, when it does that in the movie, it's great. They were all extremely short, too. Yeah. Will Ferrell gives easily the least interesting character he's ever given, <laughs> ever had, and the, the worst performance he's ever had. He was terrible in this movie. Did you watch that movie where he had a yard sale? Nope. Never heard of it. God, I, can, I need to look up the title of that. That movie was boring as fuck. It's not, it's not kicking and screaming, is it? No. Is it like really old? I think he had like a, not. I mean, I wouldn't say really old. It was in like 2011 or 12, I think. Okay, no, not even close then. Um, I haven't seen Kicking or Screaming, but it's like a movie he did a long time ago. I think Wilfred was in that. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. You talking he about got the house with him and Amy Poehler, where they have like the casino thing in their basement? No. Okay. I think this is him. Like, I think he got a divorce and maybe lost his job or something. He's just kind of selling all of his possessions. And that's the whole movie. Pretty much. Man, it's not good? No. <laughs> is it supposed to be a comedy? Not really. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I, I don't. <laughs> I really. barely remember anything from it, so that tells that, you how much I good? cared about that movie. <laughs> Dude, that's how I'm going to be with Between Two Ferns in about two weeks. I'm like, oh, that was a movie. That's right. Yeah, I'm already kind of going there. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I did not like I didn't it. hate it. I thought it was... 
not necessarily worth a watch. It definitely was But it's like it's decent background noise. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't even go that far, dude. Like, don't don't watch it. Don't give the click to Netflix to give the view to make them think that you want more of this. I mean, if they... It's terrible. People can still give ratings. People are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, people I are listening it. to us. Yeah, that's true, too. People obviously aren't that bright to listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> These two idiots up here, these fat morons. Yeah, I really didn't like it, man. And I love the web series. I like Zach Galifianakis. He's all right. See, this is really is the opposite because I've only seen a few of his, like, I don't know, videos from the web series. I've seen every one of them. Damn. I really? love that web series. It's hysterical. See, I never loved it. I, I loved just, it. I don't know. I've always been the person that was like, I've been disappointed with Zach Galifianakis and everything that was not in, um, oh, Don't God. you dare say The Hangover. Th- there we go. The Hangover. Those fucking movies are awful. The first one. The first one's okay. What? Not that good. The second two are terrible. Maybe it's because I was in high school. Yeah, that's when I watched yeah, it. Probably, I loved yeah. it. Probably. I did not like him. The uh, first one's okay. I like him as a stand-up comedian. Uh, I don't think he's actually Jesus. done that many movies where he's very good in them, to be honest with you. I think I you. saw one of his com- uh, stand-up specials. Dude, the one like, of the man, Purple Lounge or whatever it's called. Lot. It's hilarious. He drinks quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's so funny. And he does his stand-up sets where he opens as his brother. Is yeah, the opening act, I and then other people come out, and then he'll come out as himself at the end, dude. That kills me. I was confused as fuck when I first saw that. I was like, does yeah, he actually have a twin? No, <laughs> he just apparently doesn't actually have a beard. It's just the most <laughs> realistic beard of all time, looking beard of all time. Really? Yeah, he like puts a fake beard on to be Zach Galifianakis, from my understanding, because his brother is completely clean shaven. He's not. Cl- oh, yeah, you're he's right. not shaving before the show and growing a full beard in the next hour. You know? Like, I don't know, man. That might be his X Men power. <laughs> Zach I guess is a mutant. <laughs> the most useless power of all to grow a beard instantly. <laughs> can look older. I mean, at least he can keep his face warm. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no hypothermia for this guy. <laughs> he just keeps growing it until he just wraps it all around himself. It's like, I'm warm for the winter. But overall, man, I, I didn't like the movie. The best part of the movie is, is the credits, and I'm not just saying that because it was over. Is because of all the outtakes are hysterical. They were pretty They're good. They're so fucking funny, dude. I do agree with you there. Those outtakes are really good. I liked how much he cared for his ferns. <laughs> he didn't, though. Did you not see the ending? Well, I'm talking about, like, at the, throughout the movie, like, before I mean, the guess. ending. The like, one when the studio is, like, drowned or, like, getting flooded or right. whatever. He's just... He's oh, saving the ferns? Yeah. yeah. Also, he likes to... K- he wants to. He thinks they're the same ferns, like since the beginning of the that show. That actually he keeps made me really stuff hard. On him. When he was like, "Messing," like, "These seem different to you," and she was like, "I keep replacing them like every day." He's like, "They die." Yeah, I don't know how to take care of these. They die all the time. I keep replacing also, them. Also, who was she? She looked very familiar. I've seen me. her a lot of stuff. But I don't remember her name. Okay. She was funny. But I don't know, man. The whole journey to like the whole premise of the movie is that like Will Ferrell plays Will Ferrell and he runs Funny or Die, and Zach Galifianakis wants to be a. Uh, he wants to have his own talk show, like a national talk show, like the late show and shit like that. So Will Ferrell tells him that like he kind of doesn't want him to do it because he likes it between two ferns because like Zach's an idiot and it's like great ratings. It gets him a lot of clicks. It gives him a lot of fun clicks. He's got like the click counter above his head. It's like in the trillions and shit. <laughs> it's insane. But he uh, so he tells Zach that if he does like 15 interviews or something, 10 interviews for him, then he'll give him his talk show or whatnot. So he sets off on a quest to travel to all these people to get these interviews and like... He has to travel because his studio got flooded. Yeah, he floods he too because he's in like... They he's don't a, take care it, of it. Uh, They're idiots. F, F Pat TV? Yeah. F Pat V? Something yeah. like that. It's like some sort of local TV show. Yeah, he's on P- like PBS, like the local <laughs> network. That was probably my favorite joke in there is that one guy's like, and here's the tornado. He does that balloon or something. The balloon's <laughs> full of smoke. He's like, yeah. beat that shithead. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks by him. Yeah. 
So, like, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you want to say once he sets off on the road, hilarity ensues, but not really. Like, sleep ensues for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It is pretty damn mediocre. It was pretty damn awful. It was awful. I, I did it. not laugh hard at all, but I did get some nice little chuckles occasionally. Then the conclusion is awful. He gets up there, he completes like his journey, delivers that the ten things, and me. Will Ferrell's like he messes with him. He goes, "You know, you can't have them." He goes, "I'm just kidding." You know, you got whatever he says, and like he like you got like fooled or whatever. But he like references a celebrity. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> who cares? Obviously, it was terrible. But he's like, "You got the show." So he goes and does his talk show, and he has his first episode, and Gal Gadot is his. Uh, first guest, and he like says this really awful joke, and the crowd goes in this like extended laughter where they don't stop. And he stands up and just like starts dancing, and it's really weird. And then he like the show ends, and he walks backstage, and his crew's like not happy because it's not the same thing, and like they want to leave after the first episode, so they leave, and then he goes with them. It made the entire film pointless. Yeah, I did think that was an odd choice. And he's like, "All I need are my I friends, my was... show, and my ferns." And he lays his ferns down, then a car hits him. And he's like, we'll just get more. He gets in the car and like the door ends. He said, we're going to give you four ferns. <laughs> yeah, four ferns. <laughs> and it was so dumb. It was so dumb. It's like, I thought that they were going to set it know. up for like a sequel where he does actually have a late show or whatever. For a little while through the movie, I thought this was going to explain the evolution of the actual web series to where now after this movie, Between Two Ferns will look like a real thing, but it'll still be kind of the same deal. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like a really expensive way to be like, we're changing the show. But I guess And not. the joke was like, so you're in Wonder Woman. I'm wondering, woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, woman, how fun was that role? And she's like, oh, it's so fun. And then like everyone laughs and he stands up and dances. It's really weird. I mean, Zach Galifianakis thing is like somewhat on the, like the anti-comedy. It's somewhat, yeah, humor, somewhat. Which I have never really found appealing in my opinion. It is to me sometimes, but not necessarily all the time. I was going to say, it has to be done right. No, yeah, for sure. Which I don't I can't even think of a good example. Sometimes like, is, Zach Galifianakis. Mitch Hedberg? <laughs> I don't know. No, Mitch was just, um, he was just dry and sarcastic. Like, I don't think he was trying to be, okay, like, yeah, the antithesis of comedy. Okay. Uh, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is kind of, yeah, but Norm is smart enough to know that it's all in his delivery. Like, oh, a yeah, lot of the stuff absolutely. he says categorically isn't funny. Yes. But it's how he says it mm-hmm. that makes it so funny. I love Norm. I he think is he's, noticeably aging. I think he's hilarious. Like, his stand-ups kill me because he's just always one way. He's mostly making fun of the audience. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. He's always just so, like, unenthusiastic. And it's like, so let me just tell you about this. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. He's, he's so, I think he's funny. His demeanor kills me. Uh, who is the... Who was the comedian that was um, Jim Carrey portrayed in Man on, uh, Man on the Moon? Oh, Andy Kaufman? Yes. He was all about I tried just looking fooling up, people. I tried looking up his stuff, and I was like, God, I hate this. I think he's funny, but he he was so committed to bits and acts that it didn't matter if the audience didn't like it. Yeah. He would just keep going. I heard that he had like a, an alternate personality where he was a comedian that was just incredibly rude and drunk all the time or something. No one knows fired if that was him, really him or not. And then he came back a week later and just like, I can't be here. He's like, that wasn't me. That was that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of the character. The movie Man on the Moon like goes into it. But like he dressed up at this, as this guy or whatever. And I don't remember the full story, but there's like controversy about it. It was something like people didn't know if it was actually him. Or if it was another person, because I'm pretty sure after Andy Kaufman died, that dude did a couple of shows. And they think it could have been Andy Kaufman's writing partner that dressed up as that character and went and played that character again to ke- like to keep the mystique alive. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like they don't so really I love know. the fucking idea of what uh, Kaufman did, but I don't yeah. know. I think he was a genius, and it was just way too ahead of his time. Yeah. And it wasn't like... Oh, there's a lot of comedians that are way ahead of their he time. He wouldn't have wanted like it George to have been Carlin. like... <laughs> Right, it's yeah. why he got arrested several times. Yeah. 
I think at uh, George, no, almost at George Carlin, that Andy Kaufman, like, what he was doing would have worked perfect in, like, today's age for him to be, like, a Sasha Baron Cohen type. Oh, yeah. Like a Borat kind of thing, but I don't think he would have done it. Probably not. Because it wasn't, like, it was about fooling everybody to him. It wasn't about making a spectacle and a show of, like, look what we did. It was literally about tricking you. That's all it was. So to wrap up between two ferns, I don't want to spend really any more time on it unless you do. Because I don't really have anything to say. Yeah, I, I hated the movie. I would absolutely not recommend it, even if you're a big fan of the web series, which I am. It's extremely underwhelming. If you like the series, just give it a try. Yeah, I don't think you should. I do think if you can like a YouTube... If you like Zach Galifianakis, I'd still say just give it a try at least. No, definitely don't give it a try. <laughs> Jesus. If you want to like... If you're able to YouTube and find... Like, don't do it to Netflix. Don't give them the fucking view. But if you're able to go on YouTube and just find the ending credits to the movie, they're they're hilarious. They're really oh, funny. I will say the one saving grace for this movie is that um, Brie Larson's only in it for about ten seconds. Fuck it would have been dude. better if she wasn't. You're in such it a misogynist. Yes, because I just hate this one chick. You're an incel. <laughs> why? Why wow. is it you specifically don't like Brie Larson? Tell me. I don't know, man. She just seems like someone that thinks high and mighty of herself, and like her opinion is just fact when she's just spewing other things I'm sure she's heard from other people. So how many like interviews and stuff have you watched Brie Larson? I'm, just, I'm seriously trying to figure this I'm out. Not many because I don't really like her presence. Okay, so how did you get this idea that that's her presence? I did not... Okay, I never saw the interview where people say that like I'm oh, not she trying just to get hates that. on white men I'm not trying to like trap you. I'm genuinely trying to ask, how did you get this, uh, this, this thinking that she is this way? What made you think this? I know, it's just like her demeanor. That's man, that's so weird to me. But okay. <laughs> I would highly, highly suggest that you go and like watch actual interviews of Brie Larson, dude. She is so down to earth and humble. It's unfucking real. I don't know. It's I don't see it like that. She's extremely introverted and very shy and has really bad anxiety. And her interviews sometimes she's really fucking quiet because she's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, I, that's me being someone has a lot of that's it's anxiety. What it is. I totally so get like, that. Or like, I wouldn't want to be there either. either. Maybe that's why I get the sense that she just. She's definitely not, from everything I've seen about her, I've been following Brie Larson for like nine, ten years now. Also, I fucking just hated Captain Marvel. You're such an idiot. I've been like a huge fan of Brie Larson since before she was ever, ever in the spotlight. Ever in the spotlight. When also, she was just doing minor was roles. also pretty much like my version of Beyond Two Ferns. What? Just boring as fuck. What was? Uh, the Unicorn Store. We <laughs> talked about that. I liked it. I liked it. It was interesting. God, it wasn't it was great, so, but it was interesting. It was so boring. It was interesting. I fucking love uh, what's his head in it. Um, that being said, though, I still kind of want to check out Room. Oh my god, I cannot believe you haven't seen that. You're gonna let your. Di- your I want to read the book for first. Her. Oh, don't do that. What? Be surprised. I could still be surprised. They probably still change certain things. I don't, I don't think you could change too much with that kind of premise, though. Yeah, I don't think so. I would. I don't know. I would highly advise watching the movie in this case first because it's so incredible. She's brilliant in that, dude. Oh, my God. And it's got the best child performance of all time in it. The dude, I've heard that she kid. wants to play Samus Aaron in a Metroid she movie. De- yeah, she does. Which I still think would just be fucking dumb. I think it'd be not, cool. Not, not her I think the movie itself would be dumb. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The bitch doesn't talk. It's a big action spectacle with an android-looking thing that doesn't ever take its helmet off much. You know what I mean? Like, it's a yeah. person there, but it looks like it's not. If it's accurate to the game, she'll take her helmet off at, at the, the end of the movie. Seconds <laughs> if she gets a 100% rating. The end, the end frame is like, she's just won the battle, she takes her helmet off and stands there. It's like, this was pointless. Yes. <laughs> Why did we watch if this? If they ever were to make a Metroid movie, it should be like a 15-minute animated spectacle. No, if they do it, it'll if they do it and cast someone huge, it'll be like the Stallone Judge Dredd where they never wore their helmet. And it's like, why? Yeah. 
That was dumb. Which I liked Dread, but I didn't love it. I liked Stallone's Judge Dread. It's okay. I've never seen that. But Dread, I thought was awesome. It was like the American version of the oh, room. Yeah, the room. Oh, sorry, uh, the raid. <laughs> the room. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I am Dread. <laughs> oh, hi, bad guys. <laughs> yeah, it was essentially yeah because they're just like battling up to this tower. Yeah. But dude, any opportunity. Any opportunity to watch Lena Haiti play just a snarky evil person, I'm there. I thought that ending was, was amazing. dope, where he just makes her inhale that shit so she just falls in slow mo. I was that like, man, was that's dope. messed up. That was awesome. <laughs> and it was Carl Urban as Dread. That dude's always great. His bottom, his chin did great acting. You know who Carl Urban is, right? No. He's Butcher from The Boys. Oh, really? Yeah, he was Dread. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's amazing. His chin did really good acting. <laughs> yeah, his chin was great in that movie. <laughs> I mean, that's how it should be. That's why I you don't like put a big star in it. had to have been painful with like, how much he was frowning. I was like, I bet by the end of that, his face just Show hurts. some emotion, bro. I can show you one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how you have to do that. You can't cast someone too big in a role like that because then they never wear the helmet. I mean... Like Stallone. It's kind of like Tony Stark being an Iron Man. Like, he still has a fucking ton of FaceTime because they just show the inside of the helmet all the time. Which, if you do yeah, that with in Dredd, the comics, if you did that with Dread, that would be dumb. Exactly, yeah, true. But in the comics, Tony Stark is, like, out of the suit all the time. So it's, like, it's not as dumb. Oh, I know. I've never read an Iron Man comics. Have you not? I tried, okay, when Marvel I mean, they're not that great. Yeah, that's what I assume. And I, before people get super triggered, because, oh, our precious Tony! Like, before 2008 in the MCU, Iron Man was not that popular of a character. He was a big deal in the Marvel, and in, in the Marvel, and Marvel, because he's <laughs> a founding Avenger. So he's always been a big character and part of the big picture. But his books didn't sell well. Like, he was not that popular. It's because of the MCU. And now everyone's all like, Iron Man's the greatest. And like, no, he's not. He's a fucking human in a suit. You take that away and he's nothing. He's just smart. That's it. I tried reading like the first three or four issues of the Marvel Now. Oh, the Marvel Now was an awful lot. Oh, yeah, it was very bad. No, no, period. As a a relaunch, a lot of it was terrible. Marvel Now was not that good. I didn't. Okay, I pulled Deadpool, which was really good. And I pulled uh, Thor, obviously the God Butcher. Or God of Thunder, and that was amazing. That was fucking incredible. I didn't like it, man. I don't like Thor. He's not powerful enough. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Thor. Thor's amazing. Deadpool was also really good. It's they had like one of the best arcs with like the good, the bad, and the ugly. With Deadpool? Yeah. But that had like him um, when he found out that he had a kid with this girl back in the eighties, and he's trying to like find that, uh, try and save her and stuff. And he actually teams up with Captain America and Wolverine. And they're both like, while they're running to the facility and stuff, they're like, I've never seen Deadpool be this quiet. This oh, is wow. obviously something serious. Which he was. Like, he was actually pretty down to earth, that arc. That was really cool. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Deadpool's a really hard series for me to read because he can be gotten wrong so easily. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry, not gotten wrong. He can be made unbearable mm-hmm. so easily. Like, oh, man, it's so hard. I'm actually really excited for Kelly Thompson to start writing Deadpool because the little bit she used him in, uh, in how Mr. and Mrs. X was awesome. I thought he was done very well in his minor thing. So I'm interested to see how she's going to expand and that be her central character. But there's a lot of times where Deadpool is just, it's not good. Like there was a Deadpool vs. Gambit 5 issue mini that came out a couple years ago. That was fucking awful. Deadpool was unbearable in it, dude. It was not good. He was not funny. It was, just, oh, it was terrible. I hated it. If you want him to not be funny because he's being serious, uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe is pretty decent. Oh, no, no. Not that he wasn't. Like, they were trying to be funny. It oh, just know, wasn't. It didn't work. I got that. It wasn't good. I need to read yeah, more Yeah, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Like, uh, That's just insane. Because there's like Deadpool Kill Illustrated and then Deadpool kills Deadpool. <laughs> and then. Deadpool's nuts, dude. <sighs> there's some more. Like, he. There's been a few people like Punisher kills Marvel Universe. Like, Deadpool's like the only one that are like, well, that Deadpool has continued to get his own series. Right, yeah. 
It's insane that that character can kill the Marvel Universe. All he has is healing factor. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, you bend the fucking rules of the fucking Marvel Universe to an extent to, in order to for it to happen because like. There's a few things in there that are very questionable. Like when he kills Hulk, he like he just follows Hulk until he falls asleep as Hulk uh, as, as Bruce Banner, Banner again and, kills him. and then shoots him in the head. Yeah. That's not how which, that happened. Which shouldn't be able Hulk to happen. He was immediately, immediately Hulk activates out. every time. Yeah, he would Hulk out. There's another time where he just shoots Spider Man like because Spider Man fucked him up a little bit. Uh, Spider Man like should be really easy for him to kill because they're really good friends. So he's been lure him in pretty quickly. Pretty well, easily. this is after you already started killing people. Oh, okay, so, so he already like, knew. You're, you're on okay. hinge. You're like you've you've gone crazy. Um, there's a thing where like. Spider-Man hurts him and he just gets in his face. He's like, you're going to prison. Like, you're facing consequences for what you've done and he, like, shoots him in the face. Sp- you know, spider sense. Right, yeah. Bad thing about to happen. Yeah, he would still know that that's going to happen. And uh, I liked what he did with Wolverine because he basically took Raiden's blade from Metal Gear and just... Because it, it's, like, you know, a high, uh, high-frequency high blade. Mm-hmm, so yeah. It just vibrates at insane, like, rates or whatever. At first, though, I think he just had him chained up, and every time like his healing factor started like activating, a flamethrower would just melt him again. Oh, that's awful. Like, Damn, that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Wolverine, let's uh, jump into the Kermics. Yes, Kermics. So this week, we're going to continue talking about X-Men, about Jonathan Hickman, House of X and Powers of X, um, House of X and Powers of Ten, issue five for both. I hate the fact that you had to be correct about it. I, I, I have to. So this series is... Oh, man... It's so insane. It's so deep. It's so fucking deep. Like, it's so insane. That Redditor would love to hear that you talk about this. I mean, that guy should do research on anything, because it (laughs) is is incredibly complex. That dude just needs to do some self-analysis. Yeah, apparently. It's incredibly complex. So in House of X uh, 5, when it opens, we meet these five mutants that end up being called the five. And it's not five people that you would imagine would be really relevant necessarily. Like oh, especially gold balls. So yeah. <laughs> so the mutants are gold balls, which is essentially a nobody. Proteus, who's not, that is actually Mortimer McTaggart's son. What? Yeah. I did not know yep. that. Elixir, who's not necessarily a nobody, but at the same time it's like, eh. Then Tempest, kind of the same thing. And then like Hope Summers, which is definitely not a nobody. It's like, okay, fuck, Hope Summers is here. Like she's that's definitely the biggest deal of these five. She was supposed to have been like the, the inheritor of the Phoenix Force a couple years ago. Yeah, Hope's a beast, bro. Hope's a beast. Is she Cyclops? And Jean's okay. daughter, yeah. So we meet the five, and what the five are able to do is essentially, I'm not going to get like insanely in-depth with it, but through all of their ability, their mutant abilities together, they are able to create these mutant husks that are like shell bodies of individual mutants. And through doing that, they were able to, to perform a form of resurrection. And to explain this a little more, this harkens back to the opening two pages from House of X, issue one, where we see Gene and Cyclops crawling out of these weird-looking pods, and Professor X says, to me, my X-Men. We see those exact two same pages again after like the five come together, and the issue explains how they're doing what they're doing. Like Each of them have a certain purpose. Xavier's purpose in... His intent, uh, not purpose, like the reason, what's the word I'm looking for? Role. Xavier's role with the five, like he's not part of the five, is that Cerebro... He definitely should be. Right. Is that Cerebro is able to store a mutant mind, the essence of who their they soul. are as a person, right? Yeah, the anima of their, their essence, their soul, in it. And Xavier can transmit it into that mutant husk and recreate that mutant, essentially, not even essentially, Performing resurrection. 
thanks to Mr. Sinister's help for backing up their DNA. Yes. So it should be called the Seven. Right, yeah, because Xavier and Sinister play a huge role in it. Yeah. But regardless. But uh, let me just say about Gold Balls. <laughs> um, he's been a joke character, but they kind of hinted at this. I mean, not really. I doubt anybody fucking saw this coming. <laughs> right, yeah. Like but um, it was a couple years ago that um, a Deadpool from the future came back and met Gold Balls, and he freaked out. He's like, oh, my God, you're a legend. No way. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. Right, so it definitely ties to that, but 100% so that yeah, was just Deadpool. Balls aren't just gold balls. They're fucking eggs, yeah, they're, apparently. they're eggs. <laughs> that was definitely gold, uh, Deadpool just being Deadpool. Like, this guy's oh, yeah. useless. You're a legend. You're so cool. Yeah. But it actually, like, makes sense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. He came from the future. It's so, like, he knows a bro. You're part of the five. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's awesome. really funny. That's hilarious, dude. I wonder if Hickman had... I wonder if he was thinking that when he, when he like... He incorporated gold balls like Deadpool was right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I do too, man. So through Cerebro, Professor X is able to put their mind back in their in this mutant husk body, which looked just like them. So sorry to interrupt you, but the, yeah, they said Cerebro's like true purpose isn't just tracking all these mutants. It's apparently, its minds. true purpose is to like restore souls to these husks. Yeah, that's what Cerebro's true purpose is now. So we get all we have all that exposition. Exposition to how they can do it. And then we realize... Exposition. Exposition. (laughs) Then we realize that the first two pages of House of X, number one, and these two pages, like, we recognize are the same thing, but now we realize what the event is that we were seeing in House of X 1. It is the resurrection of all the X-Men, that, like, all seven, I think, that just died destroying the Mother Mold. Mm -hmm. They all got wiped out, and now they're all resurrected. So we didn't lose them. I'm trying to remember all the ones it was. My favorite part of this issue is that they just stroll them out in front of all of Krakoa, butt-ass butt naked. naked. <laughs> yeah, right? So they get birth. They have to leave that area to go in front of Krakoa. And at no point is anyone like, can I get some clothes? <laughs> we finally get to see who's the bigger man between Logan and, <laughs> and Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So after that, we have... Uh, I appreciate it, though, just seeing Jean Grey out there. I mean, Nightcrawler was the man. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Like, we back, brother. Really good censorship with his tail. Oh, yeah, very much so, very much so. So after that, we have Storm in this kind of odd. I keep seeing people say it's like cultish. Yeah, cultish, like ceremony, where she is the person that proves like to everybody that the mutants are who they're supposed to be. Because people obviously may kind of stand off at first, like how do we really well, know? Yeah. So she asks each of them a specific question that's different, that only they would know a speci- like the specific answer to, right? And it's an answer that pertains to them as their own, and it correlates with them and with Jean. Or, I'm sorry, it, and with Storm. So they ask the, she asks the question, and, like, they give the answer, and she turns and looks at the crowd, and she's like, we know you. Or, like, I know you. We know you. You are, and the whole crowd's, mutants! And they just keep doing that over and over and over again for, like, all seven of them. Yeah, but and they all have some those, pretty she cool was lines. like a priestess, like from Storm, her country. Yeah. So that just this is kind of what she does. Yeah, she's true, true. This. I love that she's being put in this like position by Hickman that she's being revered and given such a huge standing. Because I mean, fucking Storm should. Be. It's about time that she's, she's finally classified as a goddamn Omega. Yeah, I mean, I think the moment they had her go to another planet and create weather there, it's like, oh, she's Omega. You control weather anyway. That's Omega. <laughs> well, no, because the understanding, or at least the belief to that point, from my understanding, was that she controlled the weather and patterns of Earth. 
but when she went to another planet and she created weather out of oh, nothing, sorry, it's Earth, like, this isn't oh, enough. Okay. her power is to literally create and control weather no matter what. Dude, and she like, could, oh, this is insane. And, like, single-handedly pretty much wipe out a nation. Yeah, she could wipe out a planet. Yes. It's called mass destruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote natural destruction. So not natural because she's created them, but yeah. Exactly, dude. Destruction of Mother she Nature. She can change, like, yeah, exactly. She can terraform <laughs> the Earth. How is she not Omega? And Hickman has confirmed she is, as she should be. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Magneto. How has it gone so long that it's like this dude controls the magnetic poles? He could destroy the planet at any point in time. How is he not an Omega? I never and thought about is. that. Yeah, at any time. And it's not even Earth because he's gone somewhere else, too, and controlled magnetism there. So it's not just like Storm. He's not just linked to controlling Earth's power or like a power that's on Earth, like a force of Earth. So, yeah, they both should be Omega, and they are. Also, like how they don't make it, like, ridiculous, like, oh, they're just going to revive everybody. Because, like, they talk about the Genosha, or Genosha. Gen- yeah, yeah. It. Like, they would take roughly 300 years, or was it 3,000 years? <laughs> it was something like, like that, to resurrect years. everyone that died there. Yeah, and that yeah. would mean, like, Xavier working just nonstop around the corner. And having to train other people to help him do it as well. I'll say the one thing this comic didn't really do well is because they explained that it takes like two days for this process to happen, but it seems like this just happens in a matter of minutes. Uh, he was explaining that it took 48 hours for it to happen, but he also said right after that, Hickman like made the, a point to mention that the as the five they've have done this better. more and more, they've been getting better and better and better at it, and it's been getting quicker and quicker. So it seems like it's a lot quicker than two days, but I don't think it's I don't think it was supposed to be minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just didn't illustrate the passage of time right there very well, which I mean he hasn't really not, not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. He hasn't really been specific about illustrating passage of time in year ten much anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's been leaving it very ambiguous in, intentionally for sure. So yeah, they all all of them are resurrected. Those seven are not dead. It's unreal. And there's some kavats to like um not kavats. There's like security measures put yes. in place for resurrection so death must be confirmed for resurrection or cerebro had to have not been able to detect the mutant for one month oh, before okay. they will attempt that. resurrection yeah that's in one of those white pages in this series that are like becoming apparent they're the most important pages in both of these series is those definitely exposition stuff that's pages that, those pages are definitely what's setting up the future stuff more. oh yeah absolutely <clears throat> absolutely uh and it also states that they have not, so far, no mutant mind has been uploaded into a husk that is not its own body. There's definitely implications there. Yeah, 100%. There's the implications there that he says that, and then he says gone for one month. He puts a time frame on it. Oh, yeah. So we're going to see, at some point, copies of people. Oh, for or, sure. Or at least or one character. But he also mentions later on, too, that he d- they don't think that... Like, they don't know if they haven't tried, obviously. Like, the mutants haven't tried this. But they don't believe that they could survive. Oh, yeah. That the mind could survive in that body. It would take an extreme mutant power that is in line with that, which made me think of healing factor, like a Deadpool Wolverine or like an X-23, that their body could maybe survive it, but would their psyche survive it? And they also said that someone with, and again, that's like another thing to put in there. And then they also alluded to the fact that someone who's like an extreme telekinetic or telepath could potentially serve, or no, no, I'm wrong. This is what you and I were talking about earlier. A telepath would be able to like back up their mind or something that they had said like that because Xavier has like reverted his mind twice to previous versions of himself, mm-hmm. which I think is going to tie into possibly is going to tie into how he walks, but also maybe not. Maybe they just created an Xavier husk and he put his mind in it. They say Proteus is like made from Xavier husk. Exactly, and Proteus <laughs> walks. Yeah, but Proteus also burns out within like a week. And no, it's not. Ex- <laughs> it's not Xavier husks. He's made from the DNA of Xavier. 
to make the husks. So it's not like they're cloning Xavier's body and putting someone's mind into it. It's still weird. Proteus yeah. still dies on like a weekly, if not daily basis, apparently. Weekly, they have to replace his body daily if he uses his power too much. <laughs> Which is it's just ins- like, man, that sucks. It's crazy, dude. So then after all that insanity, we move on to uh, the UN meeting they're having to try to make Kokoa a sovereign nation. They're having a vote. And the vote passes, and it passes because Emma has like influenced people to not vote against it. Mm-hmm. That's what she had done. Which Xavier explains that there's will be consequences for yeah. that, or there very well could be, because she's dominating someone's will. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to realize later that, like, oh, I didn't want to vote At for that. At first, I when I read that, I thought it meant, like, consequences of her dominating someone else's will is that, like, their willpower might, like, alter her mind to an extent. No, I think he just meant there'll be consequences Because people will fucking Krakoa. catch on to that. Yeah. And, like, okay, you did something so unlike you. Like, what's going on here? What, Emma? No, like I'm saying. Oh, like the people, like the politicians yeah. Very, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I can't remember what Mar- it was. I think it was like a Russian delegate or something that was going to vote against it, but then they abstained. Yeah, they abstained. He's like, I wonder why that happened. She's like, What the hell are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. He's like, We just. I'm saying that Krakoa appreciates your. Uh, yeah, he's like, I efforts. know what you did. Yeah, and it was kind of devious how they had their that oh, little interaction too. I think it was funny that it showed like all the nations that didn't vote for it, and one of them was of course like North Korea because <laughs> like I mean. Places a shithole. The best was Wakanda. It was like they have no need. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Since that I was awesome. necessarily because like they, I mean, obviously, I guess they they have to dislike mutants to an extent. Eh. And why else would they not vote for it? Because they it doesn't interest them. They have no need. I they mean, don't need the drugs. It doesn't help them. Because they're so damn advanced. Yeah, like it doesn't matter to them. You, I would imagine that if anything, they would maybe be in favor of it because oh, Latveria was one of them. Yeah, of course, Latveria. <laughs> Doom does not care. <laughs> So, yeah, after that, we see Xavier sending out this telepathic message inviting all these different mutants to come to Krakoa. And among them are Mr. Sinister, so this is when he first invites him to Krakoa, and fucking Apocalypse. The two coolest panels for me in this entire issue is Apocalypse showing up to Krakoa. I see a lot of villains, too. Yeah, and well, almost everyone in that whole page are all villains. Yeah, the Marauders and with Sinister and shit are there. Apocalypse shows up, and he essentially says, like, it's good to be back. Because he knows Krokoa, because previously we learned Krokoa used to be two, like it was split in two. It was one big mass, you know, split in two, and part of it like fell into this like all other reality or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it, what it was that they said they had done, but it was guarded from attack and protected by Apocalypse and his and horsemen his, at the yeah. time. And his horsemen. Yeah. So Apocalypse and Krokoa have like history, and Krokoa obviously appreciates Apocalypse. So they all have to recite this like speech. To say that they are like part of Krokoa. And right before they do that, Wolverine kind of has like words with Apocalypse. He's like, How do we know that you're not gonna like try to attack us? How do you know you're really with us? And he goes, I have no Apocalypse tells him, I have no reason to like be against you now. You've finally become what I've wanted you to be. You've proved that you were strong. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> this I like, bad. How, like I like how he seemed like a proud dad. Yeah, he even said that. He's like, I feel like moment. a proud father. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. He shows up like this is my moment. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> And then after he recites, they all recite the speech, the last panel, the last full page of this is a full splash page of Xavier and Apocalypse shaking hands and Xavier saying, welcome home. That shit was dope. Mm -hmm. That was dope. And that was House 5. And that was an awesome issue. Very awesome issue. As always, the artwork was incredible in this issue. Hickman's writing is fucking amazing. I wouldn't even say like the art style is like truly outstanding. I don't know what it is about it that's so, so appealing. It's so pristine. 
Yeah. There's not a flaw in it. I think it's like the colors and the, like the lighting. Yeah, dude. It's, it's just so pristine. It's not like striking like uh, Silver Surfer Black or something like that. Yeah. But it's just so perfect. You just, as you're reading, nothing sticks out because nothing is wrong. Nothing is bad. It's all consistently good. I'm going to like it. all the panels with Kokoa. Dude, guess, yeah. Because it's looks so awesome. otherworldly. I love the way it looks. And then after that, we move on to Powers of Ten. I still think it's funny that like a bunch of mutants are just living on a mutant island. Right. Yeah, like the <laughs> island itself is a mutant. <laughs> Move on to Paris 10, issue 5 as well. And in this one, the beginning of it, we see Xavier and Forge having a conversation where Xavier is asking him to build the Cerebro that we that he is using in the current time. Do you know who Forge is? Yeah, Forge is a character who was like very much so not that important. And he wasn't really thought of highly because his power was just to like how's understand f- and build technology. How's that a fucking power? It's in the power in the same way that Cypher can understand language, right? That's a little bit different to me. Not really. Like, it's a different... The concept seems largely the same to me. Forge is able to understand technology and, like, build it. I can build you anything, like that's basically. more of, like, an intellect kind of thing instead of, like, a mutant power. Yeah, but he can understand any technology. Oh, well, like, even alien? Yeah, because he uses Shi'ar tech to help build Cerebro. Oh, Cerebral. yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. He can literally forge anything, you know what I mean? I am an X-Men amateur. <laughs> and in this beginning panels that we the beginning panels we see Xavier's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Well he has been every time they show year one. Yep. Or so year zero. What the fuck happened? I wanna know why he's walking. Well, like you said, he backed up his mind. I know, but I wanna know the like I want I want the answer. He probably d- <laughs> he's like Wolverine stab me in the heart, I'll just create another husk. <laughs> right, yeah, just go and take get me out gold balls guy. in here. <laughs> Come on, Gold Balls. <laughs> I love that that's still his thing. They didn't even try to change it. It's like, Gold Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Jesus God. Christ. Then after that, we see Xavier and Magneto going to recruit Emma Frost. Well, hold on. I think we skipped a little bit of Forge. Nope. He says creating five backups. Yeah, you know, I mean, we skipped some of their conversation, but I mean, like, Xavier, uh, Forge says you would need a backup, and Xavier's like, I want five, you know? He's just like, what the hell? And Forge tells him, in theory, this could absolutely work, but you would need, like, an unlimited power source and unlimited storage of data. And he's like, that doesn't exist. And then Xavier's like, here on Earth. And the Forge is like, I should have fucking seen that coming. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, uh, the Shi'ar Empire can help us out. We can use their technology. But how Using Shi'ar crystals, like, which are like unlimited weekly, data storage. Is it weekly that Xavier back up, backs up every mutant's mind? I think it's <sighs> weekly he backs them up. And then it's like yearly or something. He actually makes like a copy. Okay. Yeah. Which that's what takes him like several days and he can't be that's disturbed. So much time. Yeah, dude, it's unreal. <laughs> so, yeah, after, after that, we move on to Xavier Magneto recruiting Emma Frost. And what they're trying to do, this is the beginning stages of when they first bring her into Krakoa into their cause. Emma Frost runs the Hellfire Corporation, which is like a pharmaceutical company. Or they have a pharmaceutical branch. With a non-sinister name. But, well, the Hellfire was like a, just a group of villains to begin with that Emma Frost was the leader of. Oh, really? Now it's like a corporation. Okay. She's like turned it into a company. And they need her to distribute the drugs and also, they need to use the Hellfire Club to get into places that vote against it. They can get in illegally and distribute the drugs in exchange for getting mutants out of there. Illegally. So they need, like, the black market, and they need Emma's ties to it with the Hellfire Club. And not only that, they need her to bring in Sebastian Shaw, who she says she has just fired, who is an awful villain. Is that and the Black him in. King? Yeah, the Black King okay, Sebastian Shaw. I don't Shaw. know anything about that guy. He's a piece of garbage and a mutant. He's not but a good person. But they're offering him a seat on the council. Yeah, because they need him. But why? And What's he do? He's a mutant. So What's his power? He comes. I could not remember exactly. Wow. Been a I long time. I rely on, on you, dude. 
All right, we're back. So I had to look up a little bit about Sebastian Shaw because I couldn't remember his exact mutant ability. So his ability is to absorb energy and transform it into raw strength. So essentially, he would just beat the living hell out of anybody. I mean, probably not anybody. Most people, right? A lot of people. And he is the, uh, they need him to be the Black King to Emma's White Queen. The White Queen, Emma, will be the front face of the operation. She will be the public figure, the knight in shining armor that's helping distribute all this stuff and giving humans five extra years of life. And Sebastian Saul will be the Black King ruling the black market for them, doing the backdoor deals that no one can know about. Those pharmaceuticals also apparently just like alleviate any mental illness. So like yep. say goodbye to like bipolarism or schizophrenia and yep. stuff. Which exactly. Is just, like, that's crazy. They're miracle cures, but they only work for humans. Yeah. Yeah. So they need that. So Emma, after their conversation and after <laughs> Magneto at one point, is like, we were thinking at 20 and she's like, mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. He's like, 50, your exclusive, exclusive rights deal. And she goes, that's more like it. And like, we're offering you two seats on the Quiet Council of Krakoa, which is something we haven't heard about yet until this. So the Quiet Council of Krakoa is 12 individuals that will run Krakoa in like a governmental fashion. But it and showed 14 seats. Because two day. seats are Cypher, Cypher and, and Krakoa, Krakoa itself, but they're not like seats on the council. They, their seats can't be taken. Oh, yeah. They're intr- they have to be there. Okay. Right? So they're not really considered like seats that can be given. So in this Quiet Council, they will like run Krakoa essentially. Like they'll dis- discuss all affairs that have to deal with like the politics side and stuff like that. And uh, Xavier asked him if that's, like, the plan moving forward, and Xavier's like, essentially we'll play it by ear, but for now, this is the plan. It also looked to me like Xavier and Magneto had a moment between each other, because when they look at each other, you see, like, some, like, white bubbles that, like, seemed to hint that they were having, like, a telekinetic, uh, like, about that conversation? conversation. Emma would 100% overhear that. Yeah. She's way too powerful. I figured that, too, yeah. She's way too powerful. She's, I'm, I'm pretty sure, more powerful than Xavier as a telepath. What? Pretty sure. Xavier's not the strongest. Gene is 30 times stronger than him. I know Gene's strongest, but I thought he would still be like the second. Well, I mean, Emma has battled Gene in like telepathic wars and has won at times. How the fuck is that? Because Emma's o- overpowered. She's OP. She's amazing. Emma also doesn't have the mental blocks that Gene has ever had in her so that has like stopped her power. Emma's always just been full of strength. So strong that's like so much power that she created three clones of herself that have almost the same power. It's a fraction, but it's it's See, a lot I of never power. I knew their origins. The Cuckoo Sisters? Yeah, yeah they're like, I'm almost positive that she created them. Again, How? don't remember. How does she create them? Don't remember exactly. Probably through genetic experimenting. Emma's been a villain for a long time. Anyways, uh, and I could be wrong on that stuff, so you know, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to right now because we're going pretty long. So after that, uh, they say that they will offer her two seats on the Quiet Council. One for her, one for Sebastian Shaw. So the only four we know are her, Sebastian Shaw, Xavier, and Magneto. I thought there was one other person. Of the 12 seats. Okay. Nope, there's eight we don't know yet. And Emma's like, that's great, but I need three seats. So, before we move ahead, I have some spoilers. I know all 12 members. What? Yes. How? Do you want to know? Yeah. All right, so for those of you that are reading this that may not want to be spoiled, this will be announced at some point. No one knows when or how that they're going to reveal all the members. But I'm going to get through this really quickly, so maybe skip ahead five or six minutes. Spoilers are starting right now. Due to an error by Marvel, the review copy sent to journalists has revealed all, eight, all the other eight members. One of their names, you could barely see in the black bar. So someone was like, I wonder if you could just copy-paste this. They did, and it revealed all the names. Hmm. Yeah. So the name that you could see was Mystique. So in the way it lists the trees, were like Autumn, I think, was the top one. It was Xavier Magneto. And there was one more. Yeah, I forgot I had seasons for yeah. some reason. What was with that? I don't remember. I, they haven't explained. Okay. So it was Xavier Magneto and Apocalypse. 
Oh, I mean, Apocalypse would make sense. So the other eight are Apocalypse, Mystique, Sinister, Exodus, who's an Omega-level mutant, so that makes sense. Who's Exodus? All right, so since Steven had asked me what Exodus' powers were, I had to go look it up real quick, because, again, it's been a while since I've read anything about Exodus. So Exodus is just like, you know, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> he's telekinetic, telepath, superhuman strength, friggin' regenerated healing factor. I believe he's the Omega-level telekinetic. He's pretty balanced. Yeah, he's, he's balanced to being just overpowered. So we've got Apocalypse, Mystique, Mr. Sinister, Exodus, Kitty Pride, who will be the Red Queen. That's, Sinister has a seat? Yeah, of course he does. He's their gene mutation, or he's their genetic coder. They need okay. Him. Kitty Pride will be the seat that Emma wanted, the third seat. She'll be the Red Queen because she's the one that keeps Emma in check and balances her out, and Emma is smart enough to know that she needs that. And then also, I lost my place here, Jean Grey, of course, the Omega-level telepath. Storm. And then the way this list is going, you would expect the last person to be Cyclops, yeah? He's the field leader. Yeah. But it's not. Who is it? It's Nightcrawler. Hmm. How dope is that? That made me so excited. I was like, fucking Nightcrawler. And it makes sense when you think about Year 1000 because he was one of the ones used his DNA to make those Omegas. Oh, yeah. He was the Cardinals. Uh, Chimeras? Yeah, but they were called Cardinal. That oh, was their okay. name. Their oh, whole, the yeah, whole line yeah. was called Cardinal. It was from him. Him and I'm assuming his dad, as, uh, Azazel, who is just the most... If you don't know anything about Azazel, you should research him sometimes. Just Wikipedia him. He's like the one of the top five most broken characters in all the comics. Really? Bro, it's just like when they need him to do something, he has a new ability. <laughs> How? And he's immortal and literally cannot be killed by anyone for any reason ever, period. He's been sent to hell before, but he gets out. He's insane, bro. Just I don't know. Wikipedia don't know has about him. He's nuts. There's so many X-Men I don't know anything about. Raw. So, spoilers are done here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, those are the eight people. So, if you didn't want to know that, you don't know. So, we're going to move past that now. So, then we see again after the, the council meeting with... Um, Emma Frost bringing her on. We see Xavier again doing, sending the message out to all the mutants, but this is like the first time he's done it. Yeah. This wasn't when he was sending it to the villains. This is the first time he sent a mass message to everyone like, come live on Krakoa. To all mutants. Yeah. And then after he does that, he goes to see someone that everyone has been asking about. Tons of fans have been wondering, where the fuck is this character at? We're talking about mutants and we don't have the original? Where's the first? Uh, we've, we've seen Apocalypse. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get you. So the first person ever to be called a mutant in the comics was Namor, and we finally get to see him. He was the first person to actually be called a mutant? He was the first person Marvel ever called a mutant, yeah. Like, he's the first mutant, even though Apocalypse is the first mechanical mutant, he was the first one to ever be a mutant. Okay. But Namor was the first one to be called that. And technically, he's still the first, like, he was created before Apocalypse, but then the canon timeline Apocalypse was around before him. Yeah. So anyways, we see Namor... Uh, as uh, Professor X goes to Atlantis to talk to him, and Namor essentially is like, "Get the He's fuck out!" So <laughs> arrogant. Dude, I love him, dude. Namor's a beast. He's like, "So you finally came here because you finally realized that you're better than everybody else." Do I strike you as the person that just now realized that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Wow, what a fucking dick!" He's like, uh, "Good to see you too, Namor." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Be gone, little man, and come back when you're actually serious." Yeah, I was like, "All right, well, Namor's awesome." So Namor does not come to Krakoa. <laughs> that doesn't work. He's like the one person I think that hasn't joined. Yeah, because he's the king which I've of seen people complain like, why would everybody go there? Because there's so many people that do have like different motivations. Yeah, but it's because they're all mutants and they all understand the plight of being a mutant. Yeah, that's the exactly. one thing that ties them together. That's what makes Namor different because he also understands the plight of being an Atlantean. I would like to see like a falling out with some of them. We will. I'm for sure. sure. I'm sure we will. For yeah. sure. There's there's too much heat in one room. Like we're gonna see it. Yeah. So after uh, Namor turns him down, he's like, get out. We jump forward again to year 1000. 
and we get to find out the answer of the apparently it's phalanx is how I've been hearing people pronounce it now audibly because I've been saying phalanx apparently it's phalanx okay so we get the phalanx's answer and they fucking accept but they killed the elder <laughs> they accept the offer and then destroy the elder so the librarian is asking um, Nimrod why this has happened there's a theory right now that the librarian and the other person I don't think it was the elder maybe it was the elder though are Professor X and Mora like merged into one they've been merged with uh, Apocalypse's DNA and that's why they're blue and have the longevity mm-hmm. and that's how they're still alive which I've been thinking one of them was Xavier and or Mora but I didn't think about the fact that it, that it could be both of them like Xavier's a librarian Mora's the elder or yeah I think the elder so that like makes sense or the other way I guess but yeah so the the phalanx accepts the uh, the offer and has to absorb the elder so the librarian asks Nimrod why this is, and Nimrod goes into this really big explanation, but the important parts of it are, Nimrod explains that at the heart of every black hole, there's a supermassive machine brain, each one containing a society so advanced it has collapsed in on itself because it became so dense and created a black hole. Black holes are singularities. They're wormholes. They're bridges from one to another, which means that all of them could be connected as one single machine across the entirety of the known, known, known universe as one collective intelligence. But the, yet they still have a master. No, 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 no. These aren't the phalanx. These would be the third tier. The phalanx would be serving them. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was so still Nimrod is just explaining okay. all of this. He's explaining like who the phalanx have served and why they would have to do this. Because that singularity of those supermassive machine brains would require energy. And the phalanx would be the ones that are delivering that to them. And the phalanx, in order to get energy, have to devour planets. Mm-hmm. Have to absorb them. So first off, we can't what? just gloss over how mind-blowing that was. <laughs> yes. That Jonathan Hickman just said that every black hole in the universe at the center of it is a supermassive machine brain. And it exists because the society became so intelligent that their intelligence started to gain weight and became so dense that it collapsed in on itself. They evolved to the... They grew to the point of being uh, brown dwarfs and then grew past that and collapsed on themselves and became black holes. And all black holes are singularities with an intelligence in the middle of them that are all connected because they're all wormholes and it forms one collective intelligence. And then Nimrod even loses like what you could consider the god that humans search for. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't like that line, but still. Just because, like, I don't know. Move on from that. But uh, that fuck me, dude. <laughs> it's so mind-blowing. Yeah. That Hickman's like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I want to see the concepts, the concept art and boards and the concept pages that he handed to Marvel to be like, this is the storyline I'm doing. I want to see that. I want to see his pitch. It had to have been insane. So the phalanx will absorb Earth's collective intelligence. Its history and its consciousness will live forever within the phalanx. But to do so, they have to feed on the planet, consuming it in its entirety. And they make a point of Nimrod saying, leaving no living being leaving no living being left, which means Mora will die. Mm-hmm. If that is Mora. So if that is Mora in the end, her intelligence just gets, gets absorbed into the phalanx. And, and, she was, and she was killed and she was reincarnated with all of that knowledge, which is why we don't see her in year 10. Because I Are think year 10 is... No, we haven't seen her. I think it's the last life of Mora. And it's because she's not a person anymore. She is now a supermassive intelligence, I think. I think she could be a phalanx herself. Or singularity herself. Like, I don't know. I don't know. She's a supermassive black hole. We haven't seen her yet, and it's obviously going to be revealed. Like, they're going to have, it's going to be a big deal of why she hasn't been around in year 10, in X10 yet. We don't know. We haven't seen her. Or it's very possible that we're just thinking too difficultly about it, and she is Xavier. 
Which I've seen people say, yeah, because that, like, he did have like, a rather merges. feminine pose when they come yeah. back to him. Now, like their consciousness merges into one person. Like They realize that's what they needed to like continue on humanity. They need yeah. to be the same. That can be possible. So to go along, I wanted to touch on this real quick. So Jonathan Hickman is teaching science. He's teaching you real concepts here that people probably, a lot of people probably don't even know. He's tying the, this whole thing with the year 1000 into something called the Kurdishev scale. And all that is... It's a scale that explains the intelligence of, of societies, right? So Earth he, here on humans in real life, we are a type one civilization. We are a super intelligent species, but we're not like super advanced, right? A type two civilization would be a civilization that has harnessed the power of their star. Their star would be the sun. That is our star. It's this, the sun is what we all orbit, like all the planets orbit around in this solar system. They would have harvested harness the power of their star and that doesn't necessarily mean that like they're living on the sun or they're controlling the sun there's like if you want to get deeper into it i'm not going to but you can look up ways that the sun's power can be harnessed because there are theories out there right now that are 100 percent that could be used i think there's but a video by kurzgesagt that has something that covers that right yeah that's just we don't have the means to build something like that in space which is where it has to be built and to construct it and put it around the sun. We don't have the means to do it's that right now. It's just not feasible. Yeah, it's not feasible <laughs> for us. But the theory exists, and it's been tested as far as they can test it and proven that, like, oh, this could work. So they would have found us the power of their sun, which means that a type 2 civilization would not destroy their planet. They would be entirely solar, which we are only minorly, like less than point a million zero one percent solar. It's very advanced. A type 3 civilization would be so advanced that we wouldn't be able to comprehend it probably. They would have space travel. And think about that for a second, right? Like, we watch so much sci-fi and all this shit. Like, oh, space travel. Like, really think about that. Space travel. Intergalactic travel. To go from planet to planet at will. That's insanely advanced. That's unbelievable. That would be a type 3 civilization. Jonathan Hickman has tied these into the phalanx. The phalanx themselves are a type 3 supermassive intelligent civilization. Like, that whole line is, right? The phalanx is like a type 2, I think, actually. But a type 3 is because it's what Titan and then to the next one, a stronghold. Those would be type 3. So, like, he's using this real scientific scale to tie in to the X-Men. I just thought it was really fucking cool. Like, this dude has like, done his research. Uh, like, yeah, I like what you're talking about. With, like, the whole machine scaling intelligence yeah. as they just keep, like... Made of smaller machines, but it was like just one insane collective. Yeah. That machine collective intelligence, like that scale, the type one, type two, and type three, yeah. is the Kershaw scale. He's just using it as for the machine mind. Yeah, like the Kershaw scale is a real scientific like um, conversation, like a real thing. So then after that, that's the end of the, of, of the issue. We end with the white pages we always do, but not with a quote from Xavier or Magneto. We end with a quote from Namor, and I think it's the most telling quote we have ever had in this yet. Because it's just a repeat of when he says, when you see me again. Oh, no, it's not a repeat. It's when he says, when you see me again, understand what that means. To Namor, that means that Xavier would understand, that would truly understand mutants are the superior. And there is no pact with humans. There is no pact with machine. There is no we help them. There is we are the dominant and we rise in the food chain. If, this, if any of the storylines go in that direction, that's when Namor's brought in. And that's when we know Xavier is no longer the Xavier that we've known anymore. He's a completely different character I now. think he's already been different. Yeah, but he still is about preservation of life. To side with Namor after Namor has said this is no he's more preservation of life. It's only preservation of mutants, and it's wiping everybody else out. That's some serious business. You think that means we're going to go to war? Or they're going to go to war? If, they, if he goes back to Namor, that's what it means. I mean, that's also Hickman's way of showing Namor and leaving Namor out of this whole story. Because Xavier doesn't want to go to war. 
That's why I think, I think it's one of the most important quotes we've had yet. It fully explains the, dy- the dynamic of Namor and what it means if we see him again. I mean, I would say, like, I don't know how mutants couldn't win a war. Well, they, because the only, we the see only them lose reason it. is because there's just so few of them. We They lost the war, bro. That's what Mora's lives are all about. They lose. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like... Against I mean, base human, against on, just man. humans, have, they easily win. You have Storm, you have Namor. Those two alone could wipe out half the planet. Apocalypse? Yeah, but they can't wipe out all the Sentinels because the Sentinels evolve into a, a mutant power absorption. Yeah, I know. That's the yeah. only thing. They absorb mutant powers? Yes, they evolve into that. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's why they can't. Like That's why the, the mutants don't fuck with them. I thought the Sentinels were just dangerous because they're like very, very durable and they're just self-replicating. I'm sorry, not absorb. <laughs> they invulnerable. Okay, okay. They adapt to be invulnerable to certain powers after they experience them. And they replicate to where, like, okay, well, now, like, lightning can't harm them. I say Namor controls the fucking oceans, man. He controls over half the planet. Yeah. And that's why it's a big deal. Namor comes back in. Because he, he himself has, like, almost taken out all of Wakanda, I think, at least in uh, Avengers vs. Yeah. X-Men story. Namor's a beast, dude. Yeah. He's not to be taken lightly. No. And he's a massive prick. Yeah. <laughs> when Hickman writes him, yeah. He's an arrogant. He's always been a prick. No, um, I mean he's always been kind of he's always been kind of arrogant for sure, but he's not always a prick because he does side with the mutants and he. Uh, he well, I think he, like, good in things. canon, I think he's literally bipolar. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. He's in X Men Red. He's part of the team of Jean Grey's team. Oh really? Yeah, and he's kind of like an ass at times, but he understands the cause and wants to fight for it. So let me ask you: What do you think will be resolved in these next two issues, and what do you think will be unanswered? I have no idea. <laughs> We're at the point now to where it's like. I don't really know the path we're taking because there's only two issues left, and I don't see how Hickman's wrapping all this up in two issues. I mean, obviously not everything's getting wrapped up because he's starting the Dawn of X series. Yeah, I don't see how he's wrapping. I, 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 I just and don't when I say see Dawn of X, that means like all six yeah, issues all six are new coming ones. out. I don't see the path of how this is being wrapped up to start six new stories. I don't understand how he's doing that in two issues. I'm very intrigued how that's going to happen. Well, for the most part, I mean, um, X-Force is going to be all about, I think, finding... Mutants that are dead, or at least confirming those deaths. That or it's the Black Ops team. That is, I mean, they're supposed to be the CIA of X-Men. Well, the X-Force, though, is a Black Ops operation. That's the original yeah, yeah, reason yeah. it was created. So they could be the ones that are going into other countries and smuggling out the mutants. What do you know about the Marauders? They're usually villains, so this is weird. Okay. Yeah, and Kitty's the leader of it, which, again, that's why Emma's bringing her in. She's also going to bounce the Marauders out. Yeah, from what we've seen of all those issues, though, or, like, all the series that are coming out, like... Xavier's still nowhere to be seen. Yeah, on any of those covers or anything. Yeah, yeah we don't know what's going on. You think he's going to die again? I think it's possible. Again? <laughs> it's possible. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what they need. Xavier and Mora both can't be around. And that's I, why there's a council. It seems like Excalibur's dealing with like um, an invasion on Krakoa, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It looks weird. It Wait, looks that, weird. that might be the main X-Men series. Uh, the main X-Men series is supposed to deal supposed with the Summers clan. Yeah, one of those series is supposed to be dealing with like... Um, I think they reference it in one of the series that there's like when you go through the portal to Krakoa, you're temporarily in like in this other world that's not monitored by Krakoa. Or did something. they say that? Yeah, I do not remember that. You don't remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay. Oh shit! Is that why they I reference? Would, is that why they reference magic at one point? I would compare it to God of War, but you haven't played God of War. You know what I'm talking about, right? The character of magic, Ileana. Yeah, Dark? yeah, yeah. Rasputin. Is that why they referenced her? Is that how she's going to tie into uh, when they go to that portal across dimensions? That's what they would need Ileana for. Okay, cool. Because she's the queen of limbo. Because so. they said Krakoa the is like limbo. they said Krakoa is like unaware of that area too. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I bet that area is fucking limbo. That's Magic's domain. She's the ruler of limbo. Okay. That's probably if that if that's what they're saying. That's probably what that is, and that's how she'll be brought in. 
That's uh, a pretty huge character to be leaving out as far as, like, not by popularity, but as far as, like, the presence and of what she's capable of to not have magic around. That's weird because she can transport people through realms and, like, through dimensions places. It's weird that she's not here. I know for, like, these upcoming series, I think three or four of them is being headed by Hickman. I No, I don't. I think he's only writing the main X series, but he's overseeing all of them. Like, all their ideas have to go through him. He has to approve everything. Fallen Angel seems like it's the most different and, like, the least grand scale. Which is the one with only three people. Yeah, X-23, Cable, and That's um, Fallen Angel? Psylocke. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, what the hell is happening there? Why is there only three of them? Hickman's not writing it. Cable also looks really young. Yeah, it's young Cable still. Cable's, Cable died and his future self came back or something like that. It was weird. I don't know. It was fucking weird. They had an X-Force series for a little while that young Cable was the leader of. Uh, I'm very excited, though, to read all of those. I am, too. I'm super intrigued as where this is going. I'm very excited. But yeah, we are approaching the end game of Hawks and Pox. Yeah, one more of each left. And Pox 6 is the one of the red copies again. Yep. Red issues. <laughs> like a big event. Don't miss it. Which Fine. is going to be what sets up all the next six issues. The co- have you seen the cover? Thought I did, but now I'm not remembering. I think that's. I think Pox Six is the one that has Moira on it, just surrounded by like a bunch of dead X Men. Oh fuck! Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I don't know. We'll see though in two weeks. Yeah, that is if we survive. Um, you know, Joker coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, a little thing about that. My cousin was like, we were talking about that controversy yesterday. I think it was, yeah. And he's like, are you, you going to go see what it comes out? I was like, yeah, opening day. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, why would I not? It's a comic movie. And he's like, man, he's like, you're going Thursday. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going opening weekend because I work Thursday and didn't realize it came out this weekend. <laughs> this Thursday? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this Thursday. Oh, no, I'm off. Are you? Yeah. Nice. I'm going to go this weekend or Monday. If Josh is going to go Monday, I'll just wait and go to him. I'll go after my fucking AA meeting. <laughs> Yeah, you drug Can me. you tell I've been drinking this entire cast? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, with that one, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Omega Level. Uh, make sure you uh, like, comment, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, make sure you give us a five-star rating, subscribe, tell all your friends about us. The best podcast on the planet, no matter the topic. Yep, Our live audience seems to really enjoy it. Dude, yeah. they're digging it boys (laughs) so yeah thanks for tuning in and uh next week is going to be steven and josh back in uh action again being fat if we survive yep thanks for tuning in see ya